0: That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. This episode is presented by at and Business. Hey, do you think it's possible to make a list of everything you want out of your life and by year end actually accomplish the list just by writing it down and working like crazy to make it happen? Well, I have with me today an amazing lady, Tinks, one of the biggest content creators on TikTok. And she's going to tell us that she actually did that and what all worked out oh we're gonna get into her head and we're gonna do a lot of learning so Tinks why don't you start by telling me how you came up with the name Tinks
1: so when I was younger believe it or not I was not confident
0: that I'd be very disbelieving
1: right yeah Yeah, people people are shocked to hear that and I went to uh, I I grew up in London and I went to visit my grandparents in Florida and I was watching all these American movies when I was about 11 and I watched this this movie and in it one of the girls was called Tinka Parker and she was this very cool girl and all the boys loved her and she was so confident. So I came back to school that fall and I told all my friends, um, you guys, I have an alter ego now, and her name is Tinka Parker. And when I'm Tinka Parker, I'm very confident and, and outlandish. And, and and they said, okay. Not too crazy. Not right too there. crazy. But um, I, I slowly started to become... Tinka Parker so more and more you know because sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it I really believe that with confidence sometimes pretending that you're confident is as good as being confident and slowly they started to call me Tinka Parker and that got shortened to Tinka which got shortened to Tinks so I've been called Tinks for 20 years now and it's all thanks to this movie um I think the movie's called Strike it's a very little known movie but that character really was the the root of my nickname you you
0: would have started posting on TikTok if you hadn't had that character or was that instrumental? And then what was in your head when you said, I'm going to post on TikTok the first time? That was so, I
1: mean, it's 20 years apart. So I, I, Tink's really just feels like my name at this point. I think for me posting on TikTok, um, I mean, it definitely has something to do with confidence and it definitely had something to do with, um, you know, wanting to express myself. So I suppose in a way they are connected. Mm-hmm.
0: So now, what I want you to explain for me, and particularly for people listening, the difference between content creator and an influencer. I'm not sure I quite get that. You say you're a content creator, not an influencer. So what's the real difference?
1: I think an influencer, well, I think a content creator is someone who their main goal every single day is to produce incredible content with the goal being um, entertainment, education, basically surprising and delighting your audience. Now, that's not to say that influencers don't surprise and delight their audience and create a ton of important content. But I think I think of influencers as more um, taste makers um, and curators, whereas a content creator is more of a creative. I'm actually find myself at the at the intersection. So in the in the pie chart I'm right in the middle. I used to have a big problem with the word influencer. It feels like kind of a dirty word to me, but you know, recently actually when I was watching Kim Kardashian on Saturday Night Live in her in her cold open, she she said I'm an influencer and I thought, you know, here's this woman, this billionaire, this self-made, you know, incredible know
0: absolutely nothing amazing.
1: Well, you know, she had a, yeah, exactly. No, but she I I think she's one of my greatest inspirations in in terms of business and the way she said it, I'm an influencer. I thought it's really about how you say it. it. It's not about the word. It's about what you influence. It's about how you influence. And I realize I am an influencer I'm and I'm proud to be it. So I have Kim, Kim K to thank for that.
0: But let me ask you, I think a lot of it's the association, the negative association because you make money. But how do you make the money? This is what I would be curious about. How do you make the money as a content creator that's any different than being an influencer? You affiliate yourself with different brands. Yes. They make sales as a result of it. You get paid as a result of that. So I don't know, really, in a business sense, what's the difference between the two?
1: Uh, There isn't a huge difference. I think perhaps influencers do more affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. um, And some content creators do that, too. I personally don't do affiliate marketing. deals or but marketing why?
0: That's just so much cash in that
1: there is a lot of cash in it you know it was an interesting choice that I made um but I you know I had so many different jobs before I came into this career that I I came at it from an interesting vantage point so I said to my manager very early on I don't want to do affiliate marketing because to me I just felt a little bit weird mm. it, Asking my followers to buy something that I'm getting a direct financial kickback from. Mm -hmm. To me, that would skew. Even if you like the product a lot and feel good about it? So another thing I said to my manager is I only want to do deals with products that I've tried and I love. And brands that I uh, am proud to be associated with and that I've already talked about naturally. He said, that's going to be an uphill battle. That's not like the name of this game. And I said, I know I can do it because I I had already very early on started to build this incredible relationship with my followers where they trust me completely because I am no bullshit. And because I I only um, talk about things that I really love. So – the way that I make money is by partnering with brands for more long term deals. Which by the way I think is far better deal for the brand, me and my followers. And
0: it also what pays a lot more, doesn't it?
1: Yes, and I just think it's more I think it's more strategic uh, on everybody's part. So, I, you know, for example, I'll, I'll partner with a brand and say, rather than saying, "Oh, you know, we'll do one TikTok for this amount," I say, mm-hmm. "Let's partner together for six months. Let's mm-hmm. do three TikToks, some Instagram stories. I'll do one press interview mm-hmm. because I really love this brand."
0: And you actually do that directly with the brand? You don't use an agent? As well. Oh, I, well, I have I
1: have a team. Yeah, or you
0: drive in that direction. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm super involved with the business side of my business. Um, A great example would be my partnership with Chipotle. It was a lot, you know, this is a a restaurant that I adore.
0: It's so smart. It just feels like you're in love. It doesn't feel like it has anything to do with business.
1: Totally. I I talk about it like crazy. You know, they took notice. And that's very important for brands, too, is to take notice of who's talking about your product without Mm. being paid. Because those are the people you want to be in business with. So then I ended up partnering and with them. Does
0: that usually generate most of your business for you? You talk from your heart about brands you love, and then they call you and, and say. And then they, hey, they call me. Something. Yeah.
1: yeah, I you know at the beginning of this year mm-hmm. I made a wish list of all the brands that I wanted to work with, and I mm-hmm. I I was able to work with all of them. It's really cool. No
0: way. Yeah. That's hard to believe. It's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a wish list today then.
1: You've got to write it. I obviously
0: it. don't have my list You've
1: got to write it. You've got to put it in the universe. Mm-hmm. I say everything that I want to happen, you know, whether it's journaling or talking to my manager, my agent, my friends, my therapist. Like I put it out in the world because then, you know, it, it helps you. It helps motivate you.
0: I, I was reading and I was I was really impressed by it. You, you said something like when you started, you de- declared that January 1 was a your deadline. Mm-hmm. You're going to be up on TikTok doing your thing mm-hmm. and you hit it mm-hmm. just exactly as you expected. Do you think that that's essential, that you have to not only imagine it, but write it down and actually have a goal like that? For me,
1: writing things out is a really important part of um, how I do business and how I achieve my goals. And, you know, I think a, a lot of... Uh, it's also important to do that for yourself. You know, I think people talk a lot. They say, I want to do this. I want to do that. I actually keep it kind of private. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, you know, that can seem like I'm kind of being sneaky or whatever when I just come out and say it sometimes my followers say why don't you ever tell us what you're working on I say I prefer to do it and then tell you that I've done it absolutely you know there's a lot of like I'm this I'm that nobody who says they're anything you know you shouldn't have to prove it right so I started May 2020 I made my first TikTok immediately I was like I know I'm a born entertainer this is what I'm going to do at the age of 29 I'm going to totally shift this is what I want which
0: no. had nothing to do which I'd love to I'll go to in a minute had nothing to do with what your background was at all
1: You could say that. You could say that I learned a lot of different things from my jobs and everything is leading up until this point. Mm -hmm. So it was May. Immediately I realized I wanted to go full time. I was still consulting for other brands and doing, um, you know, other little odd jobs. So I I worked out what I would need to make Mm -hmm. um, to go full time and I gave myself till January. I didn't tell anybody that goal, but I made a plan and I said, um, you know, sometimes when you have a really big goal, the best thing to do is write out all the tiny steps Mm -hmm. Um, like even like minute steps for example one thing I wrote down is figure out the difference between a manager and and an agent because I had Mm -hmm. no idea Mm -hmm. so that was one point and you break it out into minute little little points and you just start crossing them off on
0: that one point did you hire a manager or an agent
1: well, first I called my friends in the entertainment business and said, what the heck is the difference? What do I need first? How much money, how much percent should they take from me? What's a good deal? Should I sign a contract? Figured all that out. Then I started being introduced to managers. I decided to get a manager first. I said, I don't need an agent yet. Luckily, one of my mentors I met right around that time and he said, you don't need an agent, get a manager. Cause you know, that's 10% of your business, 10 to 15, depending on where you're at. So I was like, I'm gonna hold off on that. You know, I've got a lawyer. That was so another checkpoint. agents
0: really get business, they manage business anyway. I don't. I don't see the difference. Though. I haven't had that experience.
1: I'm. I'm very lucky with my agents that I signed with in the end, just a, a couple months ago. But you know, I didn't need them for the first for the first year of my business. Yes, you are
0: an agent. You, yeah. the well, best promoter of yourself. That's you
1: really true. You always. Yeah. You always have to be quietly pushing yourself. Less than
0: quiet for you. Okay. Go <laughs> ahead.
1: Um. So yeah, I hired a lawyer. I hire and my uh, my mentor introduced me to a bunch of managers and. The way that I picked my manager, which people always ask me, he totally saw my vision and he didn't think that I was crazy. Uh, You know, and a lot of managers said, oh, you know, we can make you the biggest influencer. And that really rubbed me the wrong way because if you spend any time with me and you actually watch my content, you can see that although I'm kind of a natural born influencer, that's not where my energy is and that's not the path that I was looking at. So I sat down, I told my manager my vision, he said, let's do it. He said, here's how I'm going to get you there. And I said, oh, a plan maker like me. This is my guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And by January 1, I was full-time.
0: Incredible. And what did you do on January 1? Did you celebrate and give yourself a gift?
1: No, you know, it was really funny. It was... um, it was New Year's, so I actually this sounds way more hardcore than I am. Like, hey, I like to party and celebrate, but it was COVID and it was a weird year. I actually stayed in on New Year's by myself. I drank a bottle of champagne and I wrote down by everything by myself. Oh, why not? I wrote down everything that I wanted to do and I worked. I made I made a bu- I cut a bunch of really great TikToks that night. I was editing because there is that fa- that saying which I kind of believe, which is like you spend. New Year's, how you spend the rest of the year. So I thought, I want to spend New Year's working my ass off, being grateful for what's already come and drinking champagne because that's a great year. And that's what I've done all year.
0: year
1: Writing and I wrote and I and I worked and I made plans and I, I did stuff. And when you saw
0: them the next day with the influence of the alcohol, you didn't think, what was I thinking of it? Made no, sense. I'm
1: great drunk. Really? Oh my god, yeah. You try that. Yeah, I think I made
0: a plan. Of Gets my the life creative
1: drunk. juices flowing. Yeah, and you you know you're uninhibited. You say shoot for the moon. Write it down. See what's the worst that can happen. You write down your goal. Like what's the worst that can
0: happen? You don't you don't do it. Might as well put but it out can there. You feel ashamed if you don't do it or don't attempt to do it, which a lot of people just don't bother to do it.
1: Yeah. I was listening to Venus Williams on the Goop podcast this past week, and she said something so interesting. She said, I want to wake up every day with no regrets, but that doesn't mean wow. that I didn't fail. And that I is, love that. That is a great one. That's a good I'm one. I'm going to
0: say it's my quote and start using it. You
1: should. I'm big into mantras. Any Anytime I hear mantras, especially, I like to really learn from great women who have come before me. Mm-hmm. I love a mantra. And that one really stuck with me. If you fail, who cares? Yes. But living with no regrets means you try
0: mm. every
1: single day. Oh my gosh. Day. All
0: the great people are great at uh, living with no regrets. Yes. So they're not so good. Do you know, uh, for myself, I've never had a business plan, which is pretty shocking. Uh, because I'm very driven by goals, right. but I've right. always yeah. had a visualization of exactly who yeah. I want to be. Do, do you do that as well? Do you picture who you're going to be a year out? Or is it always stats? I want to hit this goal, that goal.
1: No, I mean, I'm probably coming off way more business-minded than I actually you am. You are
0: coming across so business-minded, I'm in shock, honest to God.
1: I, um, I'm very bad with numbers.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd have a hard time believing that.
1: I really am. I'm so, I really struggle, but that's why you got to hire for your weaknesses. That's another really big thing, part of my business that I, you know, Barbara, I think part of it is like I had so much time. You got to know in life when to hit the gas. Right, So I had so much time in my 20s where I was doing different jobs. And I was working really hard. I always work really hard. One of my other mantras is, how you do anything is how you do everything. Just for
0: people listening, you wrote for a major publications. I worked at worked Gap Bank. I stuff. worked at Poshmark. I, wor- I wrote for magazines. you went to Stanford, Stanford, which is Stanford. remarkable in itself. So what did you use from all those experiences? Anything? Well, yeah. you have to learn whatever the experience
1: is. Even if it's a bad experience. Even if it's a job you hate. And by the way, in your 20s, in your young life, finding out that you don't like something is as important as finding out as you do That's like something. Sure, yes. You just just work your ass off. Right, here I go with another mantra. Are you ready for this one? For just keep rowing the boat. God will steer. Just keep rowing yeah. the boat. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. The point is just keep rowing the boat. Oh, you know, my followers write into me all the time. They're like, I'm stuck. I hate my job. I'm 26. I don't know what to do. I Just, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. So you don't encourage
0: them to leave the job they feel stuck in.
1: Listen, if you feel if you feel stuck, then yeah. But but I think a little bit with my generation, we have a little bit we're a little bit trigger happy with the whole. Oh, I gotta move the, you know. Yes, very much. I believe in sometimes sucking it up and just working. Like as in, if you've been there for Ooh. for six weeks, you know. Yeah, sure. If you hate it, then leave. But you better have another job lined up. Mm-hmm. You know. Or you better have a really good reason for leaving. Like, you have to really decipher, am I leaving because this is genuinely a terrible fit for me and I'm not going to learn anything here? Or am I leaving because this is an entry-level job and I consider myself too good for it?
0: Which is very often the case with kids today.
1: Okay? With millennials, my generation especially, really feels like yeah. we we all got a bit infected with that, like, hashtag girl boss mindset where it's like, I need to have my own company. Well, not everybody's a CEO. Not everybody's a founder, okay? Sometimes you just gotta work and put in your put in your time. Um to circle back
0: I hate that phrase, and but I have a used it anyway.
1: About that <laughs> that
0: I wanna read back to you when you're finished because uh, I think it's brilliant.
1: But to circle back to the thing I was saying before is like I kind of in the back of my mind knew throughout my twenties, I was like I'm working hard, but this isn't my thing. I haven't found
0: my thing yet. So, And how do, you, how do you know it's not just boredom? How do you know it's not your thing? You think when people find their thing, they really know it? They're not guessing at it. They really feel it, like falling in love? I feel the past, since I started TikTok, since
1: I started this career, mm-hmm. I feel pure alignment with the universe. And is it because you're
0: your own boss? How much is that no. part of it? No, no. That okay. doesn't
1: bother me i don't care really i was happy working for other people by the way i always used to say that i was like i don't i don't really like i don't i I never that was never part of my visualization i as in i don't i could take it or leave it like i'm fine to be I'm kind of a lone wolf. Like, I'll do whatever.
0: Yeah, but you wouldn't mind working for someone else at this juncture? I mean, well, now,
1: I now because I know that this is what I want to do, yeah. it wouldn't make sense. So what's,
0: what, isn't it so much better working for yourself? It, I have to believe you intended to work for yourself because you're doing so well. So isn't that so much better than having ever worked for anyone else? It, it is, but I think it's just because I
1: get to do what I love every day, yeah. which is speak to my followers, which is create content, which is make people laugh, which is um, teach people things. Like, that's the part that's fulfilling me, not the being my own boss. That's just a happy side effect of it, to be honest with you. I really, like, I'm engaged with the business side of it, but it doesn't turn you on. It doesn't turn me on. Yeah, but
0: you hired, it sounds like you hired great people to handle that part for you. Yeah,
1: I just, I'm I'm always like, you guys manage it. I trust you. Bring me the deal when it's ready. Mm -hmm. Bring me best and final. Mm -hmm. But my energy is, where I get high is when I'm talking to my followers. When I'm writing, when, you know, a girl's writing in and she's saying, I left my stupid boyfriend who didn't, you know, value me because you gave me the confidence too. Like, that gets me high. Or, you know, someone, a comedian I respect comments on my video, this is hilarious. Like, that is nirvana for me.
0: Yeah. And how did you handle the breaking up situation? And wasn't that... I felt watching it that it was instrumental to your success. That was your big break, in essence. Not that you weren't popular before, but it resonated so well with so many people. Did you feel like, I've got to be public on this? Or was it a manipulative move like, this is going to be good for my business? Or did you ever want to cut back? Did you feel too exposed? I
1: mean, listen, I was I was in this incredibly raw state. But I had brought my followers along with along for the first half of the relationship. And I had been, you know, all over... TikTok saying I'm going to marry this guy I love him so much blah 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 and when it happened I had you know this choice I was at a crossroads I was like I this hurts really bad I'm in a really bad way right now but I can use this to inspire a lot of women out there
0: it it seemed to me that you reached that conclusion immediately it didn't even take any thought like I'm out with it right now yeah, I like mean, the pain was right out there, right, really, really fast.
1: I found out, you know, that he cheated on me. I I recorded this video because I thought if there's anything I've learned about being a content creator, it's like, you know what, just shoot the footage. You can decide if you're going to publish it later. Just mm, just take it. I see. Yes. Um, and even when you're heartbroken, you got to be thinking about the business. So I just I thought, you know what, I'll just record myself and see what comes out. And I watched it back and I thought, you know what, I'm in a really bad way right now, but. There could be a silver lining. And whenever you can squeeze something good out of a bad situation, you should do it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted girls younger than me, anybody, any woman out there, to know that being cheated on is not your fault. Mm-hmm. It is nothing that you did. And women do
0: turn on themselves, undoubtedly. I, right?
1: I get notes yep. all the time, What you know, what, what, what do I think it is? It wasn't you. Yes. It was the guy, okay? It was... It was the lack of courage to sort it out. It was, you know, whatever his issue is. It is not something that gets done to you. It's, like, something that he did. It's his problem, okay? It's his issue.
0: Hard to do that and not feel the deep rejection of something like that when there's another woman involved.
1: Totally. But I was, you know, and it's also very hard to not go, to blame the woman. And that was, like, another thing where I was going to do. I was like, you know what? I have a really powerful platform. I could sit up here and say this, you know, skanky girl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I didn't do it. It's, you know what? I, I hope she has more self-worth for herself next time, but I'm not going to do that. And I thought I can literally help girls through this. So I'm going to put it out there because it's a, it's, a, it's bigger than me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the response was it's astronomical. Amazing. It was like a flesh fire. It was incredible, and I'm so glad that I did it. Um, and I really wanted to show that it's not embarrassing to be vulnerable. You know, I, I read a lot of Brene Brown. She talks a lot about the power of vulnerability, and I do think that it's a superpower, and I wanted to show that I wasn't embarrassed for the way I'd acted, the how fast I'd fallen in love, and I wanted to show, like, I can get back on the horse, and you can too.
0: Mm-hmm. But wasn't there a point along the way where you said, my gosh, I'm a little exposed here. I wish I had a moment of silence for myself while I share the details with Oh, everybody.
1: God. Oh, my God. I you was...
0: second-guessed yourself? For
1: sure. I mean, my own mom was like, you know, she's from a different generation. Uh-huh. She called me and she was like, take it down. She was like, this is uh-huh. too much. This yeah. is too... She was hearing from her friends, I'm sure. Yeah, and but, you know, of, of course, but I also I also used my exposure as a tool to get better because it's like, you know, of course, take time to be sad. But after that whole weekend, whatever, I was like, I have to be strong for the girls. Mm-hmm. I have to be strong, and I have to show them that you can get knocked right down, but you have to get up again. And you can't, you can't let that become your state. You can take your time. You can cry. You can eat ice cream, whatever, whatever. But you can't let that become you, or you can't absorb that negativity mm-hmm. uh, for long. So. Yeah, I would be like on my phone, being like, "Yeah," and then I'd turn it off, and I'd like be crying, and I was like so, such a bitch to my entire team for three weeks. But yeah, they tolerate, it, I'm sure. Um, you know, yeah. it's part of life. Yeah. You learn, yeah.
0: and if other people can learn from your heartbreak, listen, I think everybody experiences heartbreak. When I, when my boyfriend left me for my secretary, and he was also my partner at 30. I didn't think I'd ever walk again, and I yeah. hated that girl instead of him. So it was misguided yeah. for a few weeks until I decided I hated him, yeah. and then I hated myself, wondering what I did to deserve it. And then I rounded out and realized he just had an issue. He fell in love, and that's the way it goes. And thank yeah. God he left, or I would have never gotten the second business going. Totally. So you never know till you look back. Too bad you can't jump forward to look back, right? You know, wouldn't that be a neat trick? Yeah. You know? Oh my God, and I think about like how, in a way,
1: not glad, but in a way glad that I am that it happened when it happened because Mm. I had this incredible summer and I wouldn't have had several things happen to me that are so instrumental and huge and fun and exciting Mm -hmm. if he had not done that at that time so everything happens for a reason and here I go with another mantra it'll all be okay in the end and if it's not okay it's not the end you just oh, gotta boy. keep
0: going. Wait, I'm gonna steal that one too. Wait, let a... me make a few notes. Can you start. So, one all of your mind? the Beatles.
1: One of the Beatles said that. I can't remember who. But um, you can't. Sometimes you can't see what what it's gonna be. But you always. And people talk. talk you know, calling all the or write in all the time. Like I'm so heartbroken. Like I can't. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I'm just like, the first thing to do is to accept that you're heartbroken. It's like an illness. It's like a genuine illness. You feel sick to your stomach. You can't get out of bed but know that it will end Mm -hmm. pain is temporary
0: it'll end when you're feeling the pain it's
1: hard to believe that but if you just accept that as a truth and you like make a new neural pathway Mm -hmm. so you're like i'm heartbroken i feel like i'm never gonna love again i'm sad Nope. but i know that pain is temporary as a truth you go again and you go again until you just re re rewire the the old brain
0: I'd like to return to the uh, conversation about 20-somethings and the jobs that they're holding. So you jumped around, you had all those jobs, and you you conclude it was great, you liked every job you had. I don't find most kids like every job they have or any of them. They're impatient, and they don't know how to find, quote, find their passion. You said something very differently about not finding passion. Share that with me again, because I—I was really—you gave me great pause for thought, and I've given many young people good advice based on how you position oh, it. Oh, the the, the the passion, passion versus um, curiosity. Yes. Okay. Yes. So
1: I can't take credit for this. This is an amazing professor cares? at Stanford. Who You in
0: public. <laughs> I'm repeating it. People are repeating it. So it's good. I guess you're influencing.
1: So you often hear, like people say to kids or you know teenagers, whatever. Find your passion. Find your passion. Such a
0: difficult thing for and it's kids like, to absorb. What mm-hmm. is
1: What does that mean? It's like terrible. You puts know, pressure on it puts yeah. massive amounts of pressure. And yeah. if you're not the, you know, there's always that one kid in class who's like knows age 50 and they want to be a doctor. And you're like, well, shoot, I d- I don't
0: feel that same calling. I don't really know. Yeah. By 30, they've decided they don't like being a doctor. Right. Actually, when it's done that early, yeah.
1: So this professor said, instead, follow your curiosity, and mm-hmm. that stuck with me. Because I really didn't feel like I found my passion, but I I ha- always, I'm a deeply curious person, mm-hmm. and if you find a thread of curiosity, just keep pulling it. Mm. And for me, that was writing, so I would have these corporate jobs. By the way, I didn't like all my jobs. My first job, I was so bad at this job I had at Gap Bank. I literally nearly got fired every day. I was so awful, but I loved to write, so on the side, I would write, and and. And, you know, people hear that and they think – and they go back and they read all my articles and they think, oh, my God, and Tink's just wrote for Teen Vogue, like, right out of college. I got rejected so many times. Being a freelance writer is sending 70 pitches and getting one back. And then it's only one job. It's not that you're hired for the long term. Exactly. And it's, like, it's your ideas. And it's exhausting. And I was doing it after work or, like, you know, secretly at work when I should have been doing my job. And it's like you get rejected, and you got to get used to that. you got to get used to an editor saying, I hate this idea. This is so stupid. Scratch that, blah, blah, blah.
0: Even when they bought your work, you don't get a lane that you could deal in, go back and get more work and more work. I always thought you established roots with different publications.
1: I mean, you you definitely get to know the editors, and that helps. Mm -hmm. But it's no guarantee.
0: It's just art, article by article. It's
1: article by article. So and what did you
0: learn from that job other than you could do your writing on the side? What was the upside of spending all that time there? And then how about your other corporate jobs that followed? Because I think you had three or four. I had it? a lot of corporate jobs. Yeah. So what was the upside of my corporate job? Or, or any of them? Like what did you, well, is it really worth hanging around and doing different jobs? And what, <laughs> is it worth the time spent? And does it allow you to follow your curiosity when you're stuck in a job you don't like? Because I I get so many people bitching about their corporate job, empty, not fulfilling. They don't know how to make that switch, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm a very hindsight 2020 rose-colored glasses person. Like, I always find I'm optimistic. So I I would say... Even though I was miserable at the time at my corporate job, I learned a lot because I think it learned it, – it taught me how to be professional, which I think oh. is a dying art, okay? Yeah. So I know how to send an email without sounding like a buffoon. I know how to be on time. Actually, that's a total lie. But I used to know how to be on time. Like I, I, I kind of – that polish, which yeah. some would argue is not that necessary in the world anymore. But for me – It's a
0: power tool, I think.
1: I yeah, think it's a power yeah. tool, especially – as in the silver lining that I found from it is I'm now in this very casual world where there's a lot of, you know, blowing smoke and, you know, ma-
0: producers and all this and oh, yada, so yada, yada, yada. It's like if someone's giving you a compliment, you know, you're going to be gotten rid of. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> so
1: I try to harness that professionalism mm-hmm. and that structure that I learned from the corporate world mm-hmm. and apply it to this crazy world of influencers and, you know, creative marketing and whatever. So I think, I think that that kind of helps. And I think that people are surprised. Because usually, yeah.
0: I don't think it just helps you. I think it makes you. When you walked in here, I have to tell you, I was shocked. One glance at you and I'm like, whoa, she's nothing like she seems on TikTok, which you are, you're true to your form. But I thought to myself, she feels like a corporate executive. I felt your weight walking in my door. Uh, Thank you. So usually get that by a lot of success and experience. uh, But who would know you got it at Gap? Trying to be professional. I know, it was early twenty-something.
1: I lit. I used to. Oh Not my at god!
0: Stanford. They didn't teach you how to write an email or anything like that.
1: No, they of course they do. But you know, there's something about the structure of a corporate job that I think really, and to me, I, I'm also kind of. I think that you should go through those those trials and tribulations, and I think it's good for. I think it's good for you to like work isn't always fun. You know, we have this. We have this dream in america where well now everybody thinks like you should i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this because i do love my job and i don't feel like it's work now but i also feel like sometimes you have to have a job that just is like a paycheck
0: well yeah you You know you put the time in you put the time discipline to show up exactly the discipline yeah it you you have to show up
1: and Mm -hmm. you have to you know also presentation skills you know Mm -hmm. presenting in front of people although i was so bad because i was unprepared and i didn't really understand the numbers and we used to have this Awful meeting every Monday morning, and we would report. I was a merchant, which is basically like a buyer, you're responsible for your own little business. Yes. And I remember I didn't know how to read the reports. I, I still didn't. I went through the boot camp. There's this boot camp called the Retail Management Program, mm-hmm. and it's for people who think they want to be retail execs. It's That's very true. competitive. I sucked. I literally couldn't do any of it. I hated all of it. And we had this meeting every Monday morning where you would report on your business. And I remember I had my wo- my one girlfriend, and I would go to her. I, like, I would go early and I'd say, can you just tell me what to say? Because I don't she know. She one? was amazing. She's still at Gap. Her name is Baja. She's an absolute incredible Person, business, whatever, and she would help me. And she said, "Okay, say you're up three percent. You're down in this. You're this and that." And I was just like, "And they could all tell." So yeah, yeah. I was scared out of my mind the every Monday. A
0: well, lack of it always shows through, yeah.
1: Totally, because I was like, "I if they poke any holes in this, I'm going to be toast."
0: Um, so now you interview people to support you. Uh, they obviously did a mishire. They thought you were going to be the the shining star. You thought you were terrible at it. What do you do when you interview someone? What is it you're actually looking for, the basic thing that turns you on and goes, I got a good feeling about this? For me to
1: hire someone?
0: Yeah. Um, whether it be the agent or whether it be support staff or whether it be any, anyone you choose to affiliate with, what is the number the most important thing that you're always thinking about?
1: Well, you have to hire for your weaknesses. That's mm-hmm. really important is to figure out your blind spots and then cover them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of people aren't self-aware enough to do that.
1: I am very introspective. I really feel like every day I'm like, how did I do today? I'm very into mm-hmm. checking myself out internally. Um, it depends on the job. you know. When, it, when I was hiring my assistant, I had so many lovely applications, but a lot of them said, Tinks, I think we'd be best friends, or Tinks, I want to be an influencer too. And I thought, that's lovely, but it's not the job. And then I met this girl who literally was barely on social media. She was very calm energy, and I thought, this Mm -hmm. is someone who I'm going to spend a lot of time with, and I need that calm energy. For my team, my manager, my agents, I honestly, (laughs) I don't know if this is good business advice, but for where I am right now, Mm -hmm. I looked for... Like almost one wire, like loose, crazy level of. Intensity for where I am right now. I believe in striking while the iron's hot. I believe you got to make hay while the sun shines, and right now there's some heat, so I'm looking for people who are willing to work at my level, which is intense right now because I have a lot I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, for all of my 20s, I was like, eh, I'm not quite there yet, and then all of a sudden, I felt like they waved the flag and they were like, go. Mm-hmm. And I was 29, so it's like, I'm not old by any means, but I have a lot to do, so mm-hmm. I'm looking for that with people. And, um... And integrity, mm. and and uh,
0: it's hard to judge that sometimes. It's
1: very hard, and I'm not always the best at that, honestly. Yeah. But I I try to look for integrity and people who are not just blowing smoke up my ass. Mm.
0: That's yeah, the that hardest is. thing. It's the more successful you become, that's the hardest thing to oh separate. My God, out. it's
1: so hard because people are like, you know, you're great, you're amazing, you're gonna and do getting this, getting the truth and that. Out of
0: the people who work for you.
1: Totally, and I and I even feel it with my team a little bit. Like as our business continues to grow. I do feel that people are less keen to give me feedback, uh-huh. which sucks because I love feedback. It drives me. I really, really love it. But, you know, it's difficult.
0: Yeah. I've but learned I... to ask the question, tell me what's not right. What, what, what's oh, I not like that. right here? I like that <laughs> I phrasing of it. Freedom. I like that. Yeah. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. Now let's get back to the show. I want to switch to your dating advice. Mm. Probably your best piece of dating advice that stuck me. I thought, I never thought of that. Not that I'm in the dating scene. I'm married (laughs) for so long. I'm 50,000 years, it feels like. (laughs) But um, you had said something about, and I don't want to misquote you, you said that men in dating put women in boxes. And you can't get out of those boxes.
1: Okay, so if you if
0: you don't mind, it's just so wildly entertaining and also so truthful.
1: No, I think I think so. So when when a man meets a woman in a romantic setting, so for example at a bar, or at a dinner party, on a blind date, they put the woman in a box, mm-hmm. three boxes. They want to date her, they want to hook up with her, or they want nothing to do with her. Okay, well if it's option three, you're out of luck. Move on, easy. Where, you, where women get tripped up is between the two. They think that they can manipulate men. Like they think that, oh, if I don't sleep with him for a while, he'll want to date me. I find this to be untrue. And then people say to me, Tanks, that puts all the power in the guy's hands. And I say, you're thinking about it the wrong way. What I'm saying is don't get caught up in what, what should I say to make him want to date me? When should I sleep with him to make him want to date me? I don't agree with that. It doesn't matter. I, I think it's kind of already set in stone. So in
0: charge of the agenda? Is why so,
1: so do whatever you want. You feel like sleeping with them on the first date? Go for it. You feel like texting him. Go for it. Like it as in. I think there's this false notion that we can manipulate our way mm. into into getting a guy to date. We've been
0: always manipulating. I mean, from the beginning of time, play it right. Play it right. With right. Guy. And
1: I just like I don't I don't, I don't like that. I think you it's like like, t- like the
0: playing because you don't think it changes anything. Or because do
1: I don't think you should have to trick someone into loving you. Mm. I don't think I don't like that trope of women, you know, oh, I, I'm going to wait you know 3 months to sleep with him and then and then I'll get him cuz he'll think that I'm a nun and I'm so chaste <laughs> and whatever that's a waste of our energy okay if a guy likes you if and you know I've had so many instances and people write into me all the time like for example for me when I was in high school I got super drunk I puked on this guy's shoes and he still wanted to date me the next day uh-huh. because he'd he'd put me in that dating box he met me and he thought here's a girl I want to date And likewise, if if a guy meets you and he just thinks, oh, she's casual, she's fun, you can literally talk about Jesus and how you adopt puppies and how, you know, you're waiting till marriage and it's still not going to make him want to date you. So forget it and just do your thing and you'll vibe with who you want to vibe with. That's, it's very, it's like, I think we have this hangover from the 90s where it was like, wait exactly five and a half dates to sleep with him and then that will make him want you. And like, don't do this and that. And it's like. Forget it. It's Mm -hmm. like he... Men are very like, I want to date her. I want to
0: hook up with her. So do your thing. And you don't think on the other side women are the same? They see a guy, he's a lot of fun. He's a good... He'd make a great dad. I know very often I've thought of that of men I've dated when I was young. He'd make a great dad.
1: So I... So for women, I have something called reverse box theory, which is that I think... uh, Something that a lot of women fall prey to, especially in their early 20s, which is that they... um, prematurely put a guy in the I want to date him box you know they look at him on a dating app and they say oh my god he's got a picture with a dog I love dogs this is my husband and they haven't even met this guy yet you know and then they hype themselves up so much they go on this date and the whole time they're thinking I have to make him like me I have to make him like me and they don't even pause and think do I like this guy do I like how he makes me feel because there's this scarcity mindset among Amongst women,
0: he really is. You're right about that. I never thought about it.
1: And it's like, oh my god, I have to make him like me, like as if it's as if that's the goal. No, the goal of dating is to have fun. The goal of dating is to discover what you like and to discover things about yourself. The right person will drop in at the right
0: have to be time. kind of calm to do it that way.
1: You have to be kind of calm, but I just like I see so many young girls get there, get so twisted before they've even met a guy. You know, oh my god, I've been talking to this guy for two weeks, and we're about to go on a date, and I just really want to date him. Why? You don't know anything about this guy. You don't know how he treats his mom. You don't know if he has a headboard. You don't know what his goals are. Like, wait. Gather the data. Gather the data before you put him in the the box. You know, women, they'll meet a guy for 10 minutes. They'll be like, I think I want to get married to him in Tuscany next summer. I want an oval-cut diamond. It's like we future trip a lot as women, which is our superpower. But the other side of the coin is it can get us – it can put the,
0: a guy on a pedestal before he's even worth it. Do you think it's ever worthwhile for a woman to propose to a guy? You think you should, that part of that game is you wait for the proposal. What about closing the guy in? I, I don't remember reading advice you've given on that. I've proposed to both my husbands at work both times. There you go. Yeah, but uh, but uh, people usually respond very negatively. You What? You did that? It seems so very unfeminine, you know? I just want to get on with stuff or not, and they were yeah. gonna come around to it.
1: I mean, I think hopefully at some point you're kind of – you already know you're going to be with that person. You kind of already know you're going to be a partner with them and you want to make a life doesn't with doesn't mean for... the guy gives you a proposal. Totally. Um, yeah. I'd say if you want to, go for it. Mm-hmm. There are no rules. Like, I, I, you know.
0: I'm not sure I believe you. I think you'd rather be proposed to.
1: <laughs> well, I'll be completely honest with you. and I And I don't say this in a – you know, marriage to me – I think I'd like to be married. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not something that I've dreamed about. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of them, you know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't fantasize about a wedding. I want to have a partner and I want to have kids. So I know really I know is. that much. But I don't I don't fetishize the wedding part of it. So I guess that's why I haven't, you know, and and my followers always write to me they're like, "Oh my god, I want to ring. I want to blah blah blah." And I'm, like to me, it's that's not you know, I want, like, the long-term love. I want the Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell. I want the kids. I want the big house and the, the chaos and the, the friends and all that. But I've never been like, I want this dress. Yes. So if it comes, great. If it yeah. doesn't, I'll be okay, too. I really
0: mean that. Um, okay. I do believe you. Yeah. I do believe you. Okay. I want to read you, I'm uh, quoting you. You say, it's easy to be mean and funny. It's harder to be smart and funny. Mm-hmm. Well, you're so smart and funny, without a doubt, uh, but I'm curious, have you always been like that, and or have you developed that part of yourself? I think it's key to your success. Thank you. It's a winning combination.
1: I credit um, childhood trauma for being so funny. No, I'm just kidding. Um really? I am kidding, I'm kidding. Um, I, you know,
0: most comics are depressed. I know,
1: right? I know. I think, I think uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. I... Well, I grew up in England, and Brits have an incredible sense of dry, sarcastic humor. What's your
0: British accent. I'm so disappointed, really. I know. It's worth gold here in the States.
1: I I know. My parents are American, so even though I grew up there until I was 19, I had two accents. And and I think it was honestly a little bit of part of the reason why I love social commentary so much, and Mm -hmm. part of the reason maybe that I – I love to kind of comment on place and what makes, you know, my rich mom things like why I love all that little stuff is because nuances are incredible. It's the nuances because I I have these deeply American parents. Both my parents are from the Midwest Mm -hmm. and they raised us in England and they they sent us to very British schools. Mm -hmm. So I always felt a little bit out of place in both home and in school because, you know, people think, oh, in England, they speak English. It's the same. Totally different cultures, totally different mannerisms and uh, traditions and and just ways of socializing. Everything is totally different. So, you know, I was learning about that at school, going to my friends' houses, seeing how their families worked. And then I would go home, and my parents are so American. So I think that that's kind of where
0: a lot of my love of observation and Mm. and nuance and social things. like How about the wit? How did you find the wit? And were you that way as a little kid would come out and say – edit what you seeing. I, I was always, yeah, I always had a lot to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worked well for you, right? Thank okay. you. So now I want to ask you, um, about dream partnerships. You make your list of who you want to be partners with. Who's on your list this year?
1: Who is on my list this year? Gosh, I, well, I would really love to partner with Ford, Bronco, a Bronco is my favorite car. You looked the part. I could picture that so easily. I love just it. selling me on it. Yeah, I yeah. love Ford Broncos. It's you know it's funny <laughs> I, because and my parents are. From Michigan, and so they're like these Midwestern like car people, and and they they were like wanted this cosmopolitan life for their kids, and they, they think it's so funny that they raised us in London, and here I am, and like all I want is a Bronco, Jeez. and I think that they're the coolest cars ever, uh, which they are. You'd be proud if you got that. Um, so yeah, I would love to. I would love to partner, you know, with with Ford in some way, and then I imagine they're gonna be. Uh, you'll have a
0: message when you get back. That's yeah, how
1: convincing you. Are, yeah. Uh, that would be really fun. It would be cool. I, I love to drive. I know a lot of people don't. I love to drive. I find it very meditative. I call it car time. One word. My My followers know that, you know, you can look at it two ways. You can say, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Or you can say, wow, I'm in my car. I have my coffee. I have my music. I control the air. Like, like, what can I think about? It's just always multitasking, you know?
0: So I'm uh, curious about the likes of Gwyneth Paltrow working with you. How did that happen? How do you get a star like that noticing you and wanting to do something with you? I'm so lucky. She's it's so cool. It's always more than luck is my experience. I, I worshipped her for
1: so long. I admire her so much as a businesswoman. I think it's incredible what she's built. And I, I got to tell you, I wrote it down. I, I thought, mm. you know, the, the rich moms thing, people were loving it. And I thought if I had a dream first collaborator for this, who would it be? And I wrote it in my journal. Did and you write to her? No, I didn't. I I oh, noticed yeah. that she was following me, and we have started DMing a little bit, and I've been a big fan of Goop, and I was talking to her team about, you know, doing some content for them, and, and I said, do you think she would ever – you a rich mom and they said she's totally into it let's do it so I wrote the jokes she was so cool about it got it like that I mean obviously she's an actress by trade she's so cool and and gracious and and uh and I love when people can make a little fun of themselves that to me is like That's a sign terrific. of a really great person and she's such a powerhouse and the fact that someone on that level could get the joke and be in on it is
0: I mean, how cool is that? It's beyond cool. And does it lead to other stuff for you? Is that like opening a big power door and suddenly your, your landscape has changed?
1: I, you know, it, it was got a lot of attention, which is really sure. cool. And I think, I think what it, you know, for me, what I hope it showed is that there's so many cool ways to collaborate, you know? And I mean that really broadly. It's like digital creators. There's so many exciting ways to 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 meld business and comedy and you know different generational jokes and uh, there's just so much to do and I just hope that it inspired people to dream big and think there's nothing off the table I mean rich mom if you told me three years ago these like little characters in my head all of a sudden I'm gonna be sitting with Gwyneth Paltrow
0: you wouldn't have believed it or maybe you would have believed it (laughs) and Tinks um, when you go to bed at night is your mind going a million miles a minute of creative things could do tomorrow that you know I hadn't thought about
1: yeah I really sleep well. I have a hard time sleeping I, I really so. do yeah. yeah I and sometimes you know I have such a busy day it's like the first time that I just am, it's quiet mm-hmm. and I always like switch up up oh, here's a tip keep a notepad by your nightstand because mm-hmm. I always get ideas in the middle of the night I had an idea last night I woke up and whatever anyway you gotta keep a notepad by your bed. My dad taught me that, and just in case you think of funny stuff, because sometimes the way some a joke will start or whatever I'll skit, it'll just be a word, and I'll like write it down. I'll be like, I'm coming back to that, and I find all these like crazy notes all over my apartment.
0: Where do you see yourself, really? How far are you gonna go? You strike me as such an aggressive woman, so aggressive. I gotta believe you're gonna look back at this chapter and think, ah, oh, it was just a warm up. After the many warm-ups, where do you hope to land? I'm sure you've envisioned that.
1: I have. You know, I I envision different iterations of it. I think, for me, it's it's not so much about, like, how it comes together. It's about what do I want to achieve. And I want to continue to speak to – speak directly to this incredible community, an audience that I have. And I want to grow with them. I want to grow up with them. I want to – you know, I want them to learn from my mistakes. I want us to learn together. Mm-hmm. I want to go through different life stages with them, no matter if they're older or younger than me. Um, and I want to continue to have a positive impact on their lives mm-hmm. and, and how and that doing, comes together. You're doing
0: that now so you can multiply it times a thousand. Yeah. But I, for you, for some reason, I feel like this is a thin road, uh, that you've made it a great road, but that it's going to lead to so many other things. That well, of course your followers will be included, but I see you reinventing yourself so many times onto a big highway somewhere. Just don't get that. I just I I don't believe you'll stay with this business. That's the sense that I get.
1: I you know I continue to involve, and I always say to my followers, if you don't cringe at yourself a year ago like if you don't think oh my god i that (laughs) you know that could have been better whatever you're not growing fast enough you should be and i mean that with looks too someone wrote to me the other day and they were like how how are you not embarrassed to um show the old pictures of yourself and i i said oh because i looked like bad i don't care that just shows you 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 know who said this i was reading um i was reading something someone said i don't get older i just get better don't get older get better I don't know. That's someone, someone
0: who's not old. Someone.
1: No, it was. <laughs> I. I can't remember. No, who under it was. sixty.
0: That's someone under sixty. Um. But
1: <laughs> okay. I. I loved that. I forget who to attribute that to, but someone I was I listening to or reading it.
0: So what's in your pipeline? Oh my gosh, lots,
1: so lots of things. Lots. But I'll tell you. I'll tell you when I'm when I'm done it. I.
0: Okay. I mean it. Yeah. Like you started out saying that mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's great. Barbara, you guys always send me such great questions you're in luck today you not only have my answer coming at you you're going to hear from Tinks and she's got such a fresh way of thinking so here's the first question. Hi Barbara and Tinks I was wondering what your piece of advice would be for someone who is looking to enter an industry that seems like it's very full
1: but has always had it in their heart to follow that passion and join that industry. I've always been kind of nervous to join it because there are so many services and providers in my
0: area, but I've always felt that in my spirit that that's where I need to do. And that's what I need to be. So if you could answer my question, I would really appreciate it. Thank y'all. What do you think?
1: I think um, when you are looking at, you can't look at, you can't look at the, the whole landscape and say oh it's full you got to look at the white space you got to look for those little niche gaps and you've got to go for that area there's always more room at the table and you know I really don't believe in a scarcity mindset don't think that way if you th- if you start that way that'll be your whole outlook oh there's not enough room for me oh I, you know whatever think what's my niche what can I add what's different what's special and the more specific the better you know we're, we're in this world now where it's like oh everybody's a generalist whatever get specific become razor focused if it's just one tiny thing that you can do different that you can do better that's an edge that's that's an edge what would you say?
0: Hey, I say she sounds very young. She's probably in her very early twenties. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. taking that into account, mm-hmm. I believe wholeheartedly that if you go into an industry that's crowded, it means it's working. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of room that's there for making money. A lot yeah. of people are making money. So I know when I went into my real estate business, it was owned by men, run by men. Uh, there wasn't a woman in sight, and I saw that as a, a, an advantage because mm-hmm. I had a point of difference. So I think you could. Always make a point of difference if your attitude going in is the right place. I agree. Yeah. She's a little frightened, you can feel. Yeah. Silly, silly. Waste of time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: don't be afraid.
0: Okay, next one. Okay. What do we got? Hi, Barbara and Hank. This is Val from Connecticut. I'm wondering what you think Gen Z can provide to the world of business and commerce. Thank you. Whoa. That's your Ballywick. Well... What it can add, my God, it is the world of commerce.
1: It is the world of commerce. I think that they can add um, levity, and I think that they can add um, speed. Okay, oh. so I think Gen Z are very, they deal with a lot of things with humor and they're very fast. And part of that is like growing up on the internet, they had, they're had digital natives to a degree that we've never seen or experienced before. They're incredibly fast. Now the flip side of that is they're not loyal. As customers, oh. they're not loyal and they're kind of flit around very a lot. But, oh. but what they can bring to us is like, how can we just get things moving? I think sometimes with millennials and the generations above me, You know there's a lot of bureaucracy it can get slow caught up like that you know what they can bring is hey this meeting could have been an email this zoom could have been a one-word text whatever they can bring that
0: that fast responsiveness makes sense i think so too i'll add to that as well that uh, i find gen z kids are more creative They're naturally more creative, and they are very confident about expressing their creativity. I also think they're more apt to go into business for themselves. I really do. And so the best thing to bring to the world of commerce is your own business. Do it a different way. Totally. So I I just love these young kids. They're great. so where do people
1: find you i'm at tanks on uh tiktok and at it's me tanks on instagram because they won't give me at it's tanks oh big mark zuckerberg if you're listening cough up buddy i want why? that why not i don't know but i'm gonna push until i get it oh
0: you're gonna best get it. believe sure. thanks very much thank man. you for having Great me that's so inspirational i'm inspired i don't know Good. If I'm inspired. thank you thanks for having me <laughs> and that's all we have time for today Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.